0: Welcome to the second series of our podcast, The New Realities of Cybersecurity. I'm your host, Abigail Wilson. Each episode of this podcast will be inviting along some of our colleagues who are experts in their fields to discuss what they do here and what they're focusing on in the moment in the ever-changing world of cybersecurity. Today's conversation is centered around authenticating people. Essentially, how do we make sure people are who they say they are in the digital world? Our guests today are Daisy McCartney, who focuses on the people element of cybersecurity, and Derek Gordon from our Identity and Access Management team. Daisy, Derek, thanks for joining us today. Could you tell us a bit more about yourself and the kind of work you do with our clients in this particular area? Daisy, if I, st- if I can
1: start with you. Of course. Hi, Abby. Hi, Derek. Um, as you mentioned, Abby, I work with the sort of people components of cybersecurity. Um, so day to day, I work with clients to try and develop secure behavior in organizations and build a secure culture.
2: So, thanks for the introduction. In terms of my role, uh, we help clients all around the digital identity lifecycle. And a key part of that is authentication and authorization and the services that sit around that to secure their environment.
0: Great. So, when you say authentication, it'd be great if you could both tell me what you think this means for you and your clients.
2: Sure, I'll go first on that. So, you know, for me, um, in the physical world, we have to prove who we are, you know, and we have things that do that, passports and driving license. In the digital world, it's the same. We need to show I am who I say I am and I can prove that. And we use authentication to do that. And ultimately, passwords is, is the way that uh, is most commonplace. You know, we've been using it for 57 years. So it's, it's an easy way in which we can say this is who I say I am.
1: I agree, actually, Derek. I think quite simply, it's I am who I say I am. And interesting that you started to talk about um, passwords. Um, As you say, passwords have been around for for quite a long time. And and for me, that's one of the key challenges in this area. Um, There's been a proliferation in the use of passwords over time. I mean, 57 years is quite a long time. Um, And when we first started using passwords, we had no idea quite how many that we would use. I think on the way to work this morning I I used 10 passwords, but I'm sure I have many more than that. Uh, And I read a piece of research just last week actually that said that people can only really remember about four to five passwords. Um, So what we have is a situation of password overload, really. We're expecting too much of people, asking them to remember too many passwords, and we simply can't do it. And so that leads to people kind of making shortcuts. Um, You know, we, We develop coping mechanisms when our brains are overloaded, which means that You know, we write write passwords down, we reuse passwords, Um, you know, we might create simple passwords, they're not as secure as they could be, and that represents a security challenge.
0: Definitely. Would you say that this is one of the key challenges you've observed on working with clients?
2: Yeah, I think it is, absolutely. And I think it's because uh, when we look at it, the password is weak. It's the weakest link. And if we look at security threats, ultimately what threat actors look at is the weakest link to then you know, penetrate, get access, and then maneuver, uh, lateral movement, and and then elevate. So so actually, if we look at a lot of the big security incidents, it all comes back to a weak password. So from a security aspect, it's a big deal. I think from a user convenience standpoint, it's a big deal as well. You know, if we look at it, as you say, Daisy, people do reuse passwords Mm -hmm. across systems because Mm -hmm. it's impossible to remember tens or hundreds of different passwords, you know? And also the systems then insist that they have to be extra complex, eight characters, 10 characters. We've got this information overload. It's a real challenge. But I think also operationally, you know, if you look at the cost, the organizations have to support that, whether it be internal users, consumers. There's you know, password reset. People forget passwords. They have to call up. That costs money. Or they implement technology to do password reset. All that costs money. So I think it's a major challenge, right? Yeah, and, I, and I'm glad you described it as the password is the weak link because
1: I often hear people saying that people are the weak link and that and I don't believe that, I, I, I believe that it's, it's the password that's the problem and actually what we need to do is we need to think about how we can better support people. Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, you know, with that system. So ideally, how can we eliminate (laughs) passwords, I guess? How can we make it easier for people? Um, You know, there's many different things we can do. Single sign-on makes it easier.
0: Definitely. We need authentication, but it sounds like passwords are prone to lots of difficulties. So I'm just wondering, what can our clients or users do themselves to make this better? How can they be more secure?
2: Sure. So from a technology standpoint, there's many ways that you know, clients have implemented to this point. Some of those involve uh, technologies such as single sign-on, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, Daisy, to try and make it simpler. Mm-hmm. We also have multi-factor authentication, so we're not just relying on a single um, password. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also we have step-up authentication if people are doing sensitive operations. So there, there definitely are uh, areas of improvement that we see within the corporate world. I think less so from a consumer standpoint. Now again, there are technology tools in the marketplace, but there's a lot more that we've been doing uh, in in the market in the last five years and I think uh, in the near future, we will start to see massive change in the way that uh, technology supports this, much more around, you know, a passwordless movement, uh, where we start to, uh, I can go into it in more detail, but start to ultimately leverage multiple devices, things that we wear to authenticators, user behaviour, behavioural analytics, all sorts of things that actually will make a difference and make an improvement.
0: Definitely. So those are some sort of key technical controls that you can implement to improve security for authentication. But it ultimately sounds like authenticating people doesn't have an exclusively technical solution. Daisy, could you tell me more about the cultural side of this? What can our clients do to promote secure behaviours?
1: Absolutely. Um, A lot of the technology solutions that you talked about there, Derek, are getting more sophisticated from a human perspective so those systems tools and technology the processes that we deploy how can we make them easier for people uh, and that's a big you know that that's a big thing from from a human perspective because ultimately there's a number of different things that influence our behavior as human beings and that's the systems the processes that we follow the organizations we work in and you can't change people's behavior by simply running an awareness campaign yes it's important to improve general awareness to highlight to people the risks to provide training but human behavior is complex so you need to think about the different influences of behavior and how they could come together to help kind of you know drive secure behavior in an organization
0: So engaging with the users and understanding their behavior to find a solution for them that fits for them.
1: Absolutely. Not seeing people as a problem. You can't just tell somebody to do something and they will do it. You know, we've you know, I've certainly got a small child. And as soon as I tell her to do something, there's no way she's going to do it. And that, you know, fundamentally as humans, you know, it's not that straightforward. You can't just tell people to do things and make make them do it. You need to think about why put yourselves in their shoes help them to 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 be more secure
2: yeah yeah absolutely and i think there is that convergence you know we talk about Mm -hmm. security we talk about convenience and i do think those two bedfellows are coming together and actually uh, making a difference but coming back to your point Daisy as well, some of the technology is supporting that around those behaviours, what's what's normal and what's abnormal, yep. and being, being able to detect that.
0: That's a great point. One of the key worries with authentication is that if an imposter is able to bypass it and able to masquerade as someone else, essentially stealing their digital identity, how can we face this challenge? Is it a mix of both the human factors and the technical controls?
2: Yeah, I think you know I've, I've mentioned some of the aspects around uh, step-up authentication, which is a, a good way to do that.
0: And what does that mean?
2: So ultimately, if somebody is performing a sensitive operation, the system will, will ask for a second factor. So it may be a pin or you know, mother's maiden name, some additional uh, factor. Now, obviously, if the imposter knows that information, it, it's, it's tricky to bypass it. But I guess Daisy, from a people standpoint, you know, some of that could also apply in terms of how we challenge potentially things that we see and things that people ask us from a technology standpoint. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, particularly, you know, once the we assume that because somebody's been authenticated, then you know, if we receive an email from somebody, then you know, automatic responses. Well, that's legitimate because that's how the systems have have been set up, and and that's what I'm used to. Um, but I think there is a general increasing awareness around this, and I think people are more curious and they are spotting strange things in emails. So for example, you know, somebody who might compromise um, business email, for example, um, I think people are looking out for, oh hang on, this is a strange time of day, or that's not usually the kind of request I would get from that person. You know, the language is slightly different. But but at the same time, you know, as well as people being more aware and curious and, and speaking out about these things, because that, that's an important aspect here. People having the, the confidence to say something when it doesn't feel right. Um, but having the systems and the processes to support as well is really important.
2: So I guess it could almost be that human multi-factor step up where, Mm -hmm. you know, if you see something unusual, you actually decide to call the person or, you know, have a conversation over hangouts and try and just work out, maybe ask them questions that only they would know. So it is that, yeah, additional step. Very good.
0: Definitely, and making sure that people can not exploit the trust model to bypass de- um, established processes or get um, people to, um, for example, a financially motivated attacker may request payments. And it's sort of understanding those those key indicators that something's not right and sort of take steps accordingly. I'm just wondering, based on your recent work, what do you think the future of authentication holds? Will things get easier? Will they get better?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. I, again, from a technology standpoint, we are moving forward at some pace. And I think we will see that multi-factor passwordless uh, model that I mentioned where essentially um, people through their devices, maybe through their location, maybe uh, through their uh, swipe fingerprint, maybe voice biometrics, all of that will come together to make authentication much, much easier. And it just won't rely on the weak password yeah. that we've discussed.
1: And, and that kind of reflects as well a, a kind of a trend that I'm seeing sort of in, in culture and awareness is that people have, gen, you know, I think general awareness has improved a lot uh, and now we're moving towards, you know, a more deeper understanding of human behaviour and how the different aspects come together to influence people's behavior. And I think that's a really positive thing. And I think as the technology becomes more sophisticated, actually how we think about people and the users is becoming more sophisticated as well, which is only a good thing. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: That's great. So today we've covered both the human and technical sides and the challenges both perspectives face when facing authentication. Um, What's the one thing you'd like our listeners to take away from this discussion?
2: So from a technology standpoint, um, I'd like listeners to think about this. Um, possibly just review their current status um, you know we help clients uh, to do that and then ultimately leverage technologies and capabilities that they have so many clients don't do that they've already made an investment and let, and yet they don't leverage that and then do have one eye on the future do look at you know open standards and, and uh, technologies and capabilities such as fido 2 that will move us away from that just rely, single reliance sole reliance on passwords
1: And for me, I guess it's about thinking of the user. Um, Ultimately, work with your people, not against them. Don't try and force them to do things. Try and think about how you can make it easier for people, and and it will have a massive difference.
0: That's great, thanks. And and thanks to you both for coming to talk to us today. It's been a fantastic discussion. You're
1: very welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on our future episodes. Next episode, we'll be talking to our cyber research and development team.